Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I have the privilege to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 322, I am so pumped to get to share with you my new faves, Jeffrey and Amy Ulrich. Our observation is parenting is a lot of moments of feeling lost. And I think to talk to that question of what do I do, it, I think some of it is a fear that we have parents. If we lose the trail for even a moment, that, you know, wolves are going to snatch our children or snatch us, that somehow we have, we are, we are put in imminent danger if I don't get this back right on the clean and clear path. And we want to set parents free from that and say, no, actually, that's actually going to be pretty normal to lose the trail now and then. And especially if you've got three boys, <laughs> like three of you will be off the trail, maybe one of you's on the trail, but you are still together and you're going to find your way back to firm footing with these six needs giving you like a compass to direct, like how did we get off? What went wrong there? We'll debrief that later. We'll be wiser the next at the next turn in the trail to not get that far in into the bushes. I'm not joking that I have been giddy for this episode to release. My in real life friends know that I've been carrying around Jeffrey and Amory's book in my purse for the last couple of weeks. I try to weave it into every conversation. The book is called The Six Needs of Every Child, and Jeffrey is a child psychologist. He has done a lot of research on attachment theory, and he and Amy have written this book, which helps parents move away from a formula and recognize the science of connection and imperfectly being present with their children. Instead of trying to figure out what do I do, to think about the question, how can I be with this child, which changes over the course of the child's life and their development, and which changes from one of my kids to the next. It's so great. I have been loving it. I can't wait to share it with you. We will not obviously be able to cover everything in this episode, so please go find their podcast, Growing Connected, and their book. And oh, my Lanta, please listen to the whole thing. Uh, I know it's a long episode, but you will not regret it. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Jeffrey and Amy, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We are it, thrilled to be here. It is so exciting to be here. Thank you for having us. And like we were just saying, if there are any technical glitches, we're doing kind of a miraculous thing by talking across the world. Mm-hmm. There's a wire from here somehow all the way back to the United States that is somehow under the ocean it's, it's all amazing. over from New Zealand and I have a, actually a lot of listeners in New Zealand so maybe they'll connect with you oh wow, that's exciting kia ora kia ora <laughs> wait what did you say kia ora etofano, which is uh, uh hello family yeah really I had no mm. idea I had no idea okay so what area of New Zealand are you in? We are on the North Island, center of the North Island in a city called Hamilton. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So a listener connected me with y'all and your podcast, Growing Connected. So connected me to, to Growing Connected. And I was hooked. I listened to two episodes and I was like, these are my people. 
They have mm-hmm. to come on the podcast. And then I saw you were a part of the Christian Parenting Network and I'm doing an event with them. And I was like, can y'all connect me <laughs> with Jeffrey oh, and wonderful. Amy? Oh, and then great. I was like, no, I'm just going to send them an Instagram message. We're just going to DM and get this and make this happen. So thank you for trusting me. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for reaching out. We are really thrilled again to be here with you and you know, grateful that we're making these connections. It does feel like such a gift, especially in this pandemic time, to be able to still connect really means a lot. And your information, I was telling y'all, I've been parenting for 15 years and I was learning new things. Kind of like when you hit that point, you're like, uh, I wish, you know, you kind of regret. You're like, I wish I could go back and tell my younger mom self these things and kind of ease the burden, enjoy it a little more. It still is going to be hard. Uh, So if I can give that gift to a mom who's earlier in the journey by introducing her to y'all, win, huge win. So let's start with this shifting, this parenting question, this most moms will reach out to me and they'll say, what do I do when, or I need help when my child does this. And they want these solutions for every misbehavior or action of their children. What do you think is a better question for them to ask? Yeah, I want to answer that. And I also want to say, just to respond to what you said, part of the reason why we wrote our book, The Six Needs of Every Child, is because I was that same young mom that you were, I had these kiddos. And even though I had some inkling of the science, I would read parenting books and I would feel so much shame. And honestly, sometimes I'm just going to tell the truth, waves of misery. Like I am doing this wrong. Right. And then we started to, Jeffrey and I started to really talk about the science that he had um, been researching and working to share with families and his work as a child psychologist And we just realized that there's such a better message that not only resonates with the science that's being uncovered, neuroscience, attachment science, what we call the science of connection, but also with scripture, which is very exciting to us. But this question that almost feels like uh, this reactive question, the question that we all have within ourselves is what do I do, right? What do I do? And I remember standing in the kitchen with my little kiddos, what do I do? (laughs) And The problem with that question is that you think, or I'll just speak for myself, I think there's a right or wrong answer to that question. And if I somehow get it wrong, then I have made a mistake and I have failed them. Or if I'm talking with one of my friends and I say, look, you know, my son is struggling with this. And she says, you know what? My daughter was struggling with the same thing. And this is how we solved that problem. This will work for you too. And I go home and I try it and let's say it doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, then all of a sudden, I think I go back to that. I've done something wrong. I start to feel like a failure. I start to wonder if maybe my kid's a failure and that those feelings of failure reflect on our faces. They reflect in our relationships we have with our kids. So we want to take this question, what should I do with my child and transform it into a different question that we believe resonates with both science and scripture, which is how shall I be with this person? And Jay, you can talk a little bit, Jeffrey, you can talk a little bit more about why we think that question is so important. Yeah, it, it's a good instinct to want to do right by our children. Uh, and so it's not to reject the idea that parents don't have an authoritative role, a leadership role in, in their relationship with their children. And one thing I want to make sure listeners don't hear when we talk about how 
how shall I be with my child is not an issue of like, how do I be friends with my child? Although I, I find it very interesting in Jesus's relationship with the disciples that he has a certain role early in their relationship and he graduates them, speaking in John, to, you know, uh, I was your teacher, but now I'm your friend. And mm. I do believe that idea, like there is a process of relationship that we are in with our children. We don't see the end of it, right? We're in the middle of it. Uh, now our children are a little older, your children are a little older. You can see how this is a journey. This is a lifelong journey. We will never stop being mom and dad to our boys. So a relationship is something that shapes us, that forms us. And the how of that relationship, how we do relationship is really the root of the influence we have over time. And so if we neglect the how, how are we doing this relationship? And we just focus on what I want you to do or what I want you to learn or know, we neglect the relationship or we uh, sacrifice the relationship. And in a lot of ways, when we, we come under that pressure of getting something right in our child now, uh, that ends up costing the influence we want to have over time. And so our children actually are held back from the work that God wants to do in their life over time because we get cut out of that equation. Our children will cut us out of our influence if they don't feel like they are known by us and have walked with them through the different stages of life, through the hard things. And because life, look, is hard. And for our children, uh, they don't know what they don't know. And they need us to be there walking alongside of them. Deuteronomy 6, this idea that we walk with our children. We talk about how God is with us as we walk together and we uncover what is true about ourselves and about God. And that's how we grow. Hmm. Yeah. And then when we also say, when we're walking with this child, I think it really matters because each of our children is so unique and different. Yeah. And, you know, I have, we have three boys and each one of our boys is completely their own person. So I think that that question also opens us up to seeing them for the individuals, who they are. And that, that really steps us out of a, a question of right or wrong or formula and allows us to be with them as individuals. Yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> so helpful. And, you know, I was telling you, I've been reading through the book and I happened to be in the dentist office while reading it with my kids. And I'm consuming this information that you're giving. And then moms and kids would come into the waiting room <laughs> and I couldn't help but assess the attachment and the needs and all of that that you have written about with each of these relational interactions. Like it was super interesting. And it really is. It's a before and after moment, isn't it? Yeah. So what we, what we do in the book is we present these, these instincts that every single one of us human beings is born with their instincts that prompt us to develop and grow. It's an instinct, but they're, they complement each other, but they look different, which can be so confusing for us parents. So 
Children are born with the instinct to go out and explore and master their world, to go out. It's why, you know, we humans develop and grow and, uh, you know, want to find new places in the world and make new discoveries. That's because we have an instinct to go out. And then we have this other instinct that when things are hard or we have questions or we need protection, other things, we want to come back to a trusted caregiver and we want to recover and regroup. And as this circle of movement forward, there's the going out and there's the coming back, the going out and coming back. You, we, I saw it most clearly in my little guys when we go to the park when they were little, because again, we go back to the different temperaments. One of them was very timid. So he would kind of toddle a couple steps away from us. And then he would start to feel unsure. And then he would come right back and run to us. We had another kiddo who was just, you know, so curious and ex- it's such a little explorer and he could run. Sometimes I'd worry he'd just run, <laughs> keep going, but he'd get about maybe a block away and then you'd see his little head turn. Where's mom and dad? Okay. And there, so there is this push and pull, this can, this almost magnetic connection that we have with our kids and they use us to grow and they use us as they go out and as they come back and in balancing of both things well, you know, it's it's getting to see our kids and, oh, they need to know how to go out well. Oh, they need to be able to come back and recover well. Um, but yeah, once you start to see it, I notice it too when I'm looking at other other moms. And, I mean, I was you know, really other, not yeah. trying to judge. If you saw me- <laughs> No, I'm, no, we can't. I, I, I couldn't that all of it. this. <laughs> and I really- yeah, It's not a judgment, yeah. And a a parent team came in with their three boys and I kind of had a little moment of like, oh my gosh, that was totally me with my three boys and the boys were climbing all over things and underneath and doing the exploring. But the response from one parent and the other was so different. And I was like, oh man, if I had the compass Mm. right now in front of me. And so I want you all to introduce everyone listening to this needs compass because a part of that exploring and coming back and reconnecting in that attachment process is at different points for each of our children they're going in and out of a need and how we respond to that influences whether they seek us out again is that right to fill that need or whether we have disconnect or connection yeah there are a couple of things going on there and the first thing I just want to reflect back on is this idea, I think as in general and parenting, like there are secrets for little kids. There are secrets <laughs> to know about the middle childhood. There are secrets in what's going on now, what's going on. And, and those things are all valid. There are developmental stages. There are important things going on that are sort of rise to the surface at different stages. But what we tried to help do for parents is ground them. So the six needs which are delight, support, boundaries, protection, comfort, and equipping. And those six needs align with what Amy was talking about earlier, about the two general movements of life, which is to go out and to come back. But those six needs uh, ground all of those developmental stages. So, you know, the two-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 18-year-old, me as an adult, I still am guided, directed within myself by those needs. They look very different at different stages, but we wanted to give parents something where they could go, okay, whatever age my kid, whatever his personality, I know these needs are in there within them. My job is to to know my child and begin to discern what that need looks like at different moments uh, and at different stages and recognize what my role is to help 
them with that need. And the bit of the tricky business is here is like we're carrying those needs too. And we have biases, like there are needs that we pay closer attention to that we instinctually or intuitively are by our own attachment histories growing up. Like we, you know, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail, that sort of business. So <laughs> most people will read this book and they'll go, oh yeah, that need, that need, that need, I'm all over it. And then those other needs you are like, oh yeah, maybe I kind of, you know, there's some part of me that recognizes that that's a need, but I don't like going there. Yeah. So the book is helping parents to just one ground them that six is a manageable number. We're not talking about 12 or something, you know, and they're not changing they're constant. There's a through line throughout, even if what it looks like changes. So it would be less overwhelming for parents. They could just say, at this moment with this child, of those six options, what makes the most sense? And let's work in that direction. I want to take a second and thank one of our sponsors who helped make this show possible because like we have been talking about, being a parent is hard. We don't have this formula, and it, even following our kids' needs is hard, like really hard. And so for you parents of children in diapers, I want to give you something to help you out. You don't have to choose anymore between what's best for your baby, what's best for your budget. Hello Bello is here to lighten the load on your bank account and keep your baby comfy and dry. It's co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. And Hello Bello is built on this idea that your babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. What I think is fantastic, if I still had kids in diapers, is they have this diaper bundling service that lets you choose from these really cute 20 different fun rotating designs. And each bundle has seven packs of diapers in it four packs of plant-based wipes, and even a full-size product freebie with your first order. All you have to do is head over to hellobello.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone, and you're going to get 25% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowout saved. That's hellobello.com slash DMA. Start bundling with your 25% off your order, plus get 15% off any of their add-ons, like their vitamins or their wipes or their lotions. Don't forget, that's hellobello.com slash DMA. Okay, with this layout, so we've got these six needs, delight, support, boundaries, protection, comfort, equipping. I'm just labeling them quickly. What do you suggest? I know the book goes through each one, but is there, there's a little bit of overwhelm of like, okay, especially when I saw that parent combo with the three boys, there's three different needs presenting at the same time in a waiting room as she's trying to fill out paperwork for the insurance, you know, the insurance paperwork. And it's just like, be quiet, sit still, or get on a device, like stop, just stop. <laughs> I don't think she was processing what their needs were or like each one might have its own, his own unique needs. It felt a little overwhelming to apply. You know, this is just something that's, that I'm wondering about as okay. I think about that. Something that has helped me so much in those moments, which is so overwhelming. And I also had three little boys 
And I grew up in a home that was very structured with boundaries. And we were very well behaved when we went out because that was just, that was a very, very high value in my family. So you wouldn't necessarily have seen us, you know, acting out. We decided to value other needs. We still, you know, we tried to support our kids as we went out, but unless you're really strictly enforcing certain behavioral norms, if you're going out with three kids, you're going to, you're going to look a bit of a mess, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so something that I hope that this book points to is our own needs as well. Mm. And so I don't know about that mom and what to do in that moment, but I know that that is what's helped me when I'm in the grocery store and a child is screaming where everything's falling apart is for me to remember that I am delighted in for me to remember that these boys are gifts to me from God. And we could look like a disaster to everyone around us. And I'm not going to be able to keep this under control. Like this next 45 minutes could go really badly for all of us. But all I know is that I want to be in relationship with these kiddos for the rest of my life. And so what that keeps me from doing is the waves of guilt, shame, um, the trying to squash them down too harshly the way that I, I feel like I've struggled with doing before and just being present in the moment. And even almost like in my head, like laughing to myself at the ridiculousness of the moment, like, here we go. <laughs> and it's, I will say to any young moms who are in this situation, it gets so much easier. Like it just gets <laughs> so much better. There are some things that's just, it is hard to wrangle three kids with different needs, but then also seeing them. I mean, there's a difference between, I read this in a book years ago, or maybe no, it was a friend who worked at a doctor's office. And she said, you can see different kinds of moms. It's the kinds of moms who go in and, and the kid will go and whack on the fish tank. Right. Mm -hmm. And they either say like, they'll just say, don't whack the fish tank, which is a normal response. You don't want them to whack the fish tank or the moms who say, don't whack the fish tank. It might scare the fish. So it might seem like a small difference, but what that second response is doing is saying, I, I see you as someone who in a moment is perhaps making a poor choice of whacking on the fish tank, but I also want you to understand what's going on. I see you as a valuable person who doesn't just need to be squashed. You get to, you get to learn something from this moment too. You still have to have a boundary here, but it's just this long, long process of seeing them as people in front of us and trying to love ourselves in these moments and saying, yeah, look, I'm a human being and we're going to get through this. Yeah. And I'd add to that, we used uh, the compass. We, we put the needs into the framework of a compass. And part of the reasoning behind that is, our belief that this journey we're on with our children, it is a journey like, you know, New Zealand people love to tramp. I just completed a 20 mile hike over these mountains nearby. And, you know, you, you walk this, these, you know, you go into the woods and there's no like highway path. There's no straight point from A to B, like you are going left and right and you lose the trail and then you panic and then you, and and you, you need certain skills to get you where you ultimately want to go to find your way. And so our observation is parenting is a lot of moments of feeling lost. And I think to talk to that question of what do I do? I think some of it is a fear that we have parents. If we lose the trail for even a moment that, you know, wolves are going to snatch our children or snatch us, that somehow we have, we are, we are put in imminent danger. If I don't get this 
back right on the clean and clear path. And we want to set parents free from that and say, no, actually, that's actually going to be pretty normal to lose the trail now and then. And especially if you've got three boys, <laughs> like three of you will be off the trail, maybe one of you's on the trail, but you are still together and you're going to find your way back to firm footing with these six needs giving you like a compass, the direct, like, how did we get off? What went wrong there? We'll debrief that later. We'll be wiser the next at the next turn in the trail to not get that far in into the bushes. So it's, it's, again, it's that process. And I go back to this idea of, you know, you use religious language, sanctification. Like it, it's comforting to me to know that I'm being transformed into the likeness of Christ, that that is a long journey. God is patient in his relationship with me to see that through, that it's sanctification doesn't come today, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we, I walk with my children and there are going to be moments when I'm off the trail or they're off the trail, both of us are off the trail, but I have a compass. And of course, at the end of the day, we talk about the North Star, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit guiding us back where we need to be. But if that doesn't happen right now, right in this moment, all is not lost. And in fact, much will be learned from being reflective and curious about how we got ourselves in this mess. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm having this funny memory of back when we lived in Florida and the kids were little, like every now and again, we would have enough money to try to go out to dinner. Right. So I remember one time we took the kids and it was nowhere fancy. It was a burger place. And these guys are little. And I look over in the in the booth that we're in and they are rolling over each other like puppies, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, they are one. just like, yeah. Like, and, and I think we spent, you know, Feral like, animals. and we spent yeah. like $60 on something for that meal. Yep. And yep. I just later I said to Jeffrey, I was like, never, maybe once every three to six months, we can try this, but like, let us not do this again for a very long time. We can try this again. And now those are those moments that we roll laughing. Like those are those moments that you're lying next to your spouse at night and you were just rolling, thinking about how funny that was. It doesn't feel funny in the moment, but yeah, like it is that journey. It is that we were probably to the people around us, we looked a little lost, but it's, it's part of our family story. Now it's the lore that we, we create. And that I hope that we'll be able to sit at Christmases and, and talk about together with them. And I think the key, like to connect, you know, what you're saying with the journey and what you hit on for a second is the relationships with your children. That's the long journey. That's what matters. And so when we're in public or when we have those moments, even with friends, because I had so many I mean, that was where I just felt like my pride just crumble all the time was being with friends and my kids misbehaving and being so incredibly embarrassed. And I connected when you share in the book, Amy, about this fear of failure. I have that as well. And I think a lot of our listeners do. We do not want to quote unquote fail as moms. And so we sometimes value the opinions. We don't want to, we also fear, you know, losing other people's approval. And so Sometimes in those moments of ridiculousness in the restaurant, we are so concerned with these strangers around us and their right. opinions that we treat our children in a way that that is not what we'd like to. We disrupt relationship. We disrupt that connection. And and like you all have been saying, then they stop their, the trust and we lose that voice in their life. And 
I don't know. I, I feel like that's just a really powerful reminder to me, even heading into the teen years. I'm totally agree that this needs compass is super helpful no matter what stage you're in. I mean, just had a moment with one of my boys and my response and his response, there was definitely a disconnect. And I picked up your book again and I was like, oh, wait, shoot. <laughs> There's a mismatch need here. So I just came back to him and I said, you know, what did you need in that conversation? And what he really needed was support and he needed my encouragement that he's actually been making some good choices and that I trust him. And what I was feeling was this need to protect him and to shut things down. And, and so we were, we were miss, missing each other, mm-hmm. but we could talk about it and I could then give him the support and the word and say, you are doing a fantastic job. I am so impressed with the boundaries and the ways that you're living your life and the choices that you're making. So all of that to say, I think I I said multiple things, but one was that I totally relate to when we make others' opinions of our kids and ourselves more important than the relationship with our kids. And then also that this works again, marvelously for all stages. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I think you're touching on your interaction with your son there. I want to make sure listeners understand about these needs. One is that they're very fluid and two is they're not mutually exclusive. So as our children are moving through life, it's not that they have only one need at a time. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and, and often what's the case is we see one of the needs that's on the table, you know, what's relevant for that situation. They perceive uh, a need, they're prioritizing a need. And I'm going off in my direction, they're going off in their direction. And we're we're stuck. We keep pushing harder in the directions that seem most relevant to each of us. And fracture occurs. It's that feeling of disconnection. I think all of us is, well, and and most of our relationships, but especially our relationship with children, we feel that within ourselves. And that, and we say to people, just listen, pay attention to that. That's usually a sign. There, there are probably multiple needs, and you're 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 driving in one direction. Your child is driving in another. It is your job. Like it's that authority authoritative, not authoritarian, but taking charge is what we mean by authoritative. Like you, you have an authority to take charge of this moment and give context and understanding your child. Child's not going to come to you and say, excuse me, dad, (laughs) can you not see that what I really need here right now is no, they can't do that. It's our job to go, Oh, wait a second. Big picture. There are a couple of things going on. Let me help my child and me together get there. Right. And that's why with the compass design, we we split the pointer in two in this compass. Um, one side is you and one side is your child. And the way that you grew up, the way that you were parented by your own parents really determines the needs that you're going to most naturally turn to. And so what we hope is that people will start to recognize the feeling of disconnection and get curious about how to turn to get reconnected again. And like Jeffrey's saying, it makes me think of a story with one of our own boys was really having a difficult time with bedtime. He was just screaming and crying. And it was one of these things where it just felt like setting the boundary of you need to go to bed just felt wrong. Like it wasn't making anything better. So that's that moment that I can get curious. Like Jeffrey's saying, okay, I'm the person here who is 
kind of in charge. And I recognize that there's something not working with the way that I'm going about it. So I get curious and hopefully again, like it's helpful. We find that there's, it's helpful to have directions to turn to when we're feeling a little lost. And I think, you know what? I wonder if he's in pain about something. I wonder if there's something that I don't know about. I wonder if he needs comfort, which is one of the other needs. So I just went and lay down next to him for a while. And I would say he, he was really upset for 15 minutes, just not, you know, not sweet, huggy, upset, like screaming, crying, really difficult to deal with upset. And then he softened. And then he said, he told me a story about something that had happened to him that day at school that had been so hard. Right. And if I had not known to turn, to go to comfort, to just be still and wait to say, I am here. And I, if you want to talk, I, I am here with you. If I hadn't known to do that, what I would have done is I would have escalated and escalated and that feeling of disconnection would have continued. But as it was, I was able to create space for him to share something that had been very, very difficult for him. And all of a sudden we were able to come back together and that is a gift. And I hope that that is a gift that understanding these needs and understanding our own wiring will help people with as we move forward in our relationships with our kids. I want to take a second to tell you about another sponsor that makes this show possible, a great option for Mother's Day. It's story worth. And if there's ever been a year to make the moms in your life feel loved and appreciated on Mother's Day, it's this year. I know my mom has been through a lot this year with her health, and she lives far away. And so I was thrilled when I got to give her this gift of StoryWorth, it's this sentimental gift that our entire family can cherish forever. It's an online service that helps your mom, your grandmother, your mother-in-law, every mother figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions, and they can share their memories and their thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together. So every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a different prompt, questions you've never thought to ask, like, What is some of the best advice your mother ever gave you? If you could choose any talents to have, what would they be? So often as moms, we are thinking about the needs of our kids that we often forget to share ourselves with our kids. And maybe you'd like to know a little bit more about your grandma, your mom, your mother-in-law. There is no shortage of surprises when you're reading the answers to these prompts. And it makes your family feel closer. So after a year StoryWorth will compile all your mom's stories, including photos you give them, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. So if you want to give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth, get started right away. There's no shipping required. You just go to storyworth.com slash DMA, and you're going to get $10 off your first purchase. That's StoryWorth. W-O-R-T-H, storyworth.com slash DMA for $10 off because your mom is worth it. So what I'm hearing is when we sense there's a disconnection with one of our children, we get curious and we, instead of just reacting from where our compass naturally points or our natural response to consider there may be a different direction we need to go. Is that right? Right. That's right. Just that curiosity, that making space for the pause to get curious and wonder about this person in front of us. And 
And again, it may be just a different direction to go first. Right. And you'll come back to the thing, which as a parent, you have some wisdom to say, this is a need. Or sometimes you go that other direction and realize you throw that other thing out. You realize, oh, it was all about this. And so again, it's not about that rigid formula. It's about being able to learn how to use a compass, right? Like you use your intuition, you have your tool and you, and all there is to do is to march off in a certain direction <laughs> and you either find, refine the trail or you don't. And if you don't, you say, you stop, you pause, you get curious and say, what did I miss? Hmm. What are the other options? Yeah. yeah. I, for myself, I often spent a lot of like their little years really just in teacher mode and training mode and wanting like everything's a lesson. (laughs) Everything Mm -hmm. is a lesson. And I think uh, the moms that listen to the show are super intentional and really want the best for their kids. And when I heard about your delight, the delight need listed, I was like, oh man, well, I know they're cute. And when they're babies, it's real easy, but, oh, wow. Has it been hard, (laughs) especially with all this time together. And honestly, (laughs) with boys, sometimes it's hard to delight sometimes in the crazy and the chaos. And so that was, I mean, just that concept of like, how do I, my husband does this beautifully. I mean, he just, they don't have to be quote unquote doing something. It's not like they're they've learned to play the guitar and now they're on stage. They just, the way they say something or an expression on their face and he notices it or comments on it or says, Oh, I love the way you blah, 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 blah. And so I learned from him, but it is not a natural bent to turn my compass that way. Do you have any tips for if, I mean, I know there are in each chapter tips, but like for, for moms who wanted these meeting, these needs is harder them? I think first of all, just to, to value it. So to speak specifically about delight, we really believe that the journey of our relationship with our kids begins with delight, which is just seeing them for who they are different than anything they've accomplished, or even that you hope that they might accomplish one day. We tell the story in the book of, of God's baptism of Jesus before he began his ministry, before he did anything you know, remarkable, um, or you know, before he went out into the world with his disciples, before the cross, before the temptation. And God said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. And some translations say, and who I delight in. And so when I first heard about that, before we even had kids, I just started crying because I thought, you know, I, I don't believe that about myself. I don't believe that I am just loved for who I am. I don't have to accomplish anything. You know, Heather, you said that you struggle with that failure feeling too. That might be particular, um, a particular need to pay attention to. So if that is a need that you struggle with in expressing delight over your kids just for who they are, one, start to wonder if you feel like you are loved. Do mm-hmm. you feel like God loves you completely and wholly for who you are? Because it is hard to pour love out on people when you feel like your tank is empty. So I do think that there is a, there is space to do that. And then also, if it's very difficult, sometimes just saying the words, I love being with you. I love your smile. You know, what, you, what you're grateful about for your kiddos. Sometimes we do these things because we know they're important. And then the emotions follow that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just add to that. 
in some ways, starting with any parent who's struggling with a particular child or all their children accessing delight is just being released from guilt and shame about that. Because at the end of the day, even, even if you know you're loved and delighted in by God and um, you are not under feeling heavy pressures to accomplish things with or through your child, personalities sometimes just don't match. Like I have a personality that matches with my boys differently, each of them. And so with, you know, with one child over another, I have to work in different ways to make sure that child versus another knows that I see him apart from my expectations of him. And I love it. I love what I see. Uh, And so, but I do think practically speaking, and I suspect that this is uh, a burden perhaps more for mothers, especially in the church than fathers, where there's this heavy burden or duty to be the point person on raising your children and in, in lots of ways to just ask that question is, is my difficulty accessing delight from that burden or pressure uh, and fear of letting go of a certain outcome with my child, whether it's behavioral or, you know, academic or striving in any way, because you really do have to let go of like, be okay, at least for a moment, <laughs> that yeah. they're a mess or, or not something that feels like they should be, wherever that comes from. Uh, you have to be able to let go of that. But sometimes you've let go of that and it's just the personality is like, <laughs> you know. I, I'll tell a little story. What, you know, one of my, I'm, I'm kind of a lower energy guy, uh, reflective, introverted. And I have, a, I have a boy who is much the extrovert, high energy. And one day I had to tell him because I knew he sensed that I was not delighting in our interactions at time. And I, and I explained to him, I said, you know what, buddy, I love you so much, but I want to teach you something. Some humans get energy from being around people and some human beings, they lose energy. It's just, we're made differently. It's a natural thing in humans. And so sometimes I will lose my energy playing with you just because I'm an introvert and you want more of it because you gain energy from it. And so I just want you to know if I have to take a break or, or a step out of an action, it's not because I don't love the heck out of you and enjoy you. And that really helped him that naming personality differences and separating that out from how I really, in, in the deepest parts of my soul feel about him. So sometimes there's just practical things that we educate our kids about relationships can be complicated. That's good. That's really helpful. Mm. Oh, y'all, I want to talk for 30 days about every (laughs) single one. Okay, let's say the needs one more time so that they can hear them. We're also going to, can we put a copy of the compass in the show notes or like a link to it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. So starting with that whole idea that God-given instinct to go out into the world, to explore and master it. It's part of the joy of being human, to discover who we are in the world. So there are three needs there, delight, support, and boundaries. So our children need have those needs from us to help them thrive in that domain. And then there's that other God-given instinct to draw near to a trusted caregiver someone who feels safe and who loves us when life gets hard 
confusing, difficult, especially emotionally. And those three needs there are protection uh, when it's outright dangerous, comfort when it's not necessarily dangerous, but still painful. And equipping is is when we uh, make sense of all that pain. Uh, so they need us to come alongside of them in those ways when they're on that side of, of the circle. So that's the compass. Thanks for explaining that to us. I think the compass is a great tool for parenting and with our marriage and parenting together. I think it gave me language to, to my husband is a words of affirmation guy and I struggle sometimes to do words of affirmation. And so to be able to say to him, hey, I was listening to this podcast and I recognize that you are really good at delighting in our children and meeting that need for them and just mm. using the words of this compass as a way to build up our spouses too and in ways yes. that they're um okay i know our time is up i know you guys have lives it it is not just to do that the don't mom alone podcast i want to end our time with your recognition jeffrey of as you came to christ in your faith how you saw god and how he parents his children I don't know if you remember writing about that or if you want can talk about that, but that to me was super yeah. powerful. Well, so a little background. I I grew up in a nominally Christian home, did not really have an, a full understanding exposure to the gospel. So that came later in life for me around the time just before I went to graduate school. So at that point, vocationally, I was already pursuing the field of psychology and child development. That's what interested me. But as I was entering into those higher level studies, I was introduced to the gospel, um, came to faith in Christ. And so I was all, because I love to learn, uh, I'm a researcher and I'm intellectual, you know, that's, I live in my head a lot. Like I just dove into scripture. Like I want to understand this Bible. This is like a great gift to me. So there was a parallel process in my life of God uh, revealing himself to me uh, in his word, as well as revealing things about how humans are made, you know, just this scientific view of uh, our biological design. And of course, since those things were happening at the same time in my life, uh, the Holy Spirit, I felt was just making connections for me that I don't, I, you know, I might not have otherwise made. And one of the things that I felt uncomfortable about as a Christian, as a, as a researcher and scientist was what I come to view as an unhealthy use of scripture uh, as sort of a manual for parenting. Because in my view and understanding of scripture, it was not written primarily as a parenting manual yeah. <laughs> or really yeah. any kind of manual. Uh, in my view of uh, scripture is it's a story. It's a narrative about relationship. Ultimately, relationship between God and us, his sons and daughters. So that's that's a relational story, which when I come at it as a scientist, understanding how we are designed biologically and, and carrying that orthodox view that we are made in God's image, you just see all sorts of connections about how to be in relationship, what God through Jesus is revealing to us about healthy connection, healthy relationship that tied to the research uh, specifically in, in the attachment field, but in other 
related fields as well. So I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but yes, it, it, there's so much there, but you have to, you have to come at it a little differently than just looking for that. Again, that manualized, where does it say about what do I do with my child in this situation? Uh, which is just not how scripture was designed to be read in terms of parenting. I don't think. Well, I'm going to read you back to you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I discovered a God who both suffered and comforted, a God who walked along the path with us. This was a God who sent out, but also gathered in, who instructed and directed, not with a harsh rod, but with a firm and gentle spirit. This was a God with a sense of humor, a God who delighted, a God who saw me and would discern my needs, a God who looked awfully like the parents who raised secure children. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's very well done. I, I came to Christ uh, really through this verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Um, and like, I wanted that. I, I, I recognized that was the bottom side of the circle we're talking about. I needed to come to someone who I could feel safe with, who would hold me in the burdens of what my life were at that point as a young adult, but also who provided a way forward for me, who would send me out into the world. And so it's very much part of my story, what I see uh, in my research and the research field of attachment and what my own experience is. So yeah, God was, God was up to something, I'm sure. Well, I love what y'all are doing. Uh, if you are listening to this episode, uh, the book that they wrote together is The Six Needs of Every Child, Empowering Parents and Kids Through the Science of Connection. And it's a great combination of Jeffrey's scientific research, Amy's stories and connections to us as moms, uh, particularly, and Jeffrey you're, as a dad, goes through each need specifically and how you know where you are, like what you can do to help yourself in addressing that need. And I just, I found it really gentle and kind and not shaming. Uh, So thanks y'all for writing this book. Uh, We will definitely put a link to y'all's podcast, Growing Connected, where you are doing great interviews and episodes. And is there a website I could point them to as well? Yes, thank you for all that. And then you can find our website at growingconnected.com. Well, I think we're going to have you back on again because we would love that. We have loved cool. this conversation. It's so good. It's yeah, it's a gift to, to get to connect with you. It really is. Well, I am honored um, for your time and just really helping, helping us parent well. So thank you for that. Thank and you, you too. too. When Jeffrey described the Bible as a book about relationship it really struck me. And I feel like what we can give the next generation, if we really consider these six needs and imperfectly do them, uh, stumbling our way through parenting, but recognize this connection piece is not just vital to helping create resilient children, but also for them to stay connected with Christ. For this faith journey our kids are on, to not be reliant on the conceptions of man, which is, you know, sometimes 
with things that we pass down and religious aspects, we can muddle their journey of being in relationship with Christ. And my hope is by sharing this with y'all, especially those y'all early in the journey and even me a little farther along, is that I can narrow in on what parts of the compass I want to work with God to help refine and figure out why is that hard for me? Like I shared in this episode, why is delight harder for me? And when can I sit with God and, and feel His delight and just even grow spiritually uh, as I'm parenting and then hopefully connect my children with Christ and that they would choose Him for their whole life? I'm going to pray over us in this concept. Lord, I thank you that you uh, modeled healthy, connected parenting first, that you desire relationship with us so strongly that you sent your own son to die for us, that you equip us with the power of the Holy Spirit, you support us, you protect us, you cover us, um, you hem us in behind and before, you never leave us alone in that Yet you also give us the free will to choose and to go out and do um, good works for your glory. Lord, I just thank you for your patience with us. I pray for any parent right now who is listening and feels discouraged and shame has taken over or guilt or fear. I pray that you would supernaturally remove those things, that they would be reminded that if they believe in Jesus and his death and his resurrection, that they have been promised a Holy Spirit's presence in them that your power is in them, and that they would move forward knowing that you go with them. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of parenting your children. I thank you for Jeffrey and Amy and the work that they're doing. I pray for them over in New Zealand and their family, that you would bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thanks, y'all, for being with me here. I did talk to Jeffrey and Amy, and we kind of mentioned that we might try to do a book club, maybe even through our Patreon group where they would join me and we would talk through these chapters. I think that could be a really cool thing. So again, if you don't get my emails, that's where I kind of let people know about stuff. Uh, They got a little heads up on my book release. They get a little heads up on different things going on. And you just sign up over at Ola Heather, H-O-L-A, OlaHeather.com to get those emails. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you there. Stay in the loop on things that are happening. I will meet you back here, though, next Monday. I am bringing on uh, a gal who was a new friend to me, but man, oh, man. Y'all have heard me talk about inner healing prayer, freedom prayer, whatever you want to call it. God is moving in a miraculous way. She has been doing this for 20 years. It's Jen Barnett. She's coming on the show. We're going to talk about freedom prayer. So join me back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. 
So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.